Hey, everybody. I'm here with Chandler Thomas. He is the founder of the Lead Up Community, an international group building the next generation of leadership. And he is the first member of uh, the new podcast series, Interviews with Masculine Men, where we're talking with men that are successful in uh, all aspects of their life about uh, their dating experiences and give us women a little bit of insight into the the mind of a, a quality man. So with that, uh, Chandler, do you want to like introduce yourself, maybe some quirky things about yourself? Like wh- what would be something you would say on your dating bio? Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, my name is Chandler Thomas, originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, just recently been dating. I actually have a girlfriend now. Um, and uh, one of the biggest things on my profile, I, I tell them that um, I am a part of the 1%, right? Where it's like my mentality is not like the most, you know, first of all, I'm six foot five athlete, come from a different mindset of, of you know, a paradigm. And when I'm putting on the dating profiles, I just tell people, I tell the women that I'm just looking for open communication, uh, someone who's looking to grow with me, uh, and, you know, just someone who wants to keep it simple, you know, that's pretty much it. So, and within those realms, we kind of go into the details once we go on the first date. Ooh, I like that. So with, because you said it, I have to bring it up right now. I have been on so many dates with men where they've said something about like being a simple man, or I want a simple life. So how does what you said, because obviously you're part of the 1% you that you identify with that you don't want to have per se a simple life where you like go home and eat a like microwave dinner and like watch Netflix. Like, what does that mean to you? A simple yeah, so for me, it's it, it breaks down to one simple thing, communication, okay. right? How well can we communicate our thoughts, our feelings, our intentions to one another, right? Because when you start communicating, things just start working itself out, right? Mm-hmm. So if she's feeling a certain type of way, how I might have said something, or maybe she wants something she wants to do, or something she doesn't want to do, something she maybe wants to go out and eat. When, they, when a woman communicates to me, it keeps things super simple. I don't have to be in this guessing game because a lot of women sometimes think that men are mind readers. And <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, we don't have that ability. If we did, we would be very, very it would be so much more successful. Um, but yeah, so I just think it breaks down to um, communication. Yeah, communication is key, but have you found, I know from my experience with working with women, a lot of it is, for one, we're very like, men are very logical, right? So you guys think logically, you're always trying to fix things. And then for women, we're always like, use the term, like, I feel that. But what happens with communication, I want to know if this has been your experience with communication with women that have seemed like off kilter or a little bit toxic, like they don't understand how how they're feeling or what they're feeling and they can't communicate it. So maybe like, why don't you just communicate? Well, they don't know how to communicate because I don't know how they're feeling. Have you found that to be kind of true? Yeah, I can definitely see that um, being an obstacle, mainly because if you don't know how you're feeling, right, you can't tell someone how, like you said, how you're feeling. So what I would say first is, we have to first found, find the your own foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not a man's job or even a woman's job for the man to help them find their foundation. They have to find it internally. So once they can find who they are internally, then they can actually be able to 
have a relationship. I honestly would say if they don't know themselves, they shouldn't be stepping into any relationship because they're going to bring in their baggage and they're, and they're in the transition phase of exploration for themselves <clears throat> when they're supposed to be off, when both parties are supposed to be, you know, kind of knowing themselves and they can then know the other person. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. Are you familiar with attachment theory? Have you heard of this before? I haven't. Can you explain that a little bit to me? Yeah. So attachment theory really affects people's ability to know themselves within a relationship, because this was something I struggled with was I knew myself outside of the relationship, but as soon as I got into a relationship, I would like lose myself within it. And I think this is true for a lot of women that struggle with dating. And so what attachment theory is, is there was a study done. I wish I remembered the decade. I want to say it was the seventies where they took small children, like, uh, I don't know, not infants, but like two, three-year-olds. And they put them in a room with a stranger playing with toys and they would have their mother in there. Then what they do is they'd have the mother leave and they would watch what the kid would do when the mom left. And then they bring the mom back and they would, they would then note what the child did when the mom came back. And what they found was there was three types of reactions. Generally there's three types of reactions. There was kids that would the mom would come back and they would calm right down and go back to playing with the stranger and be fine. Um, they consider those to be the secure attachment. There would then be kids that would um, cry and throw a fit. And then when the mom came back, they would be really difficult to soothe and calm down. They consider those to be kids with uh, anxious attachment style. Then there would be the kids that would cry, mom would come back and the kids would ignore their mom. They consider those to be the ones with uh what they call an avoidant attachment style. They found that these attachment styles of the children followed them into their romantic relationships as they became adults. And so these we're, we're kind of born with one of three of these. There's like variations and stuff. People make them super complicated, whatever, but there's basically these three. And so uh, it, it can be exaggerated as we become adults by parenting styles. Like if you, if you have an anxious attachment style and your parents are really, uh, they neglect you and your emotional needs, then you even get worse. So as you move into romantic relationship and your anxious attachment style, you then kind of become like this neurotic person in relationships. And so it's one thing to know yourself outside of a relationship, but then to get into one, uh, you kind of have to know yourself within it. That was my experience was that I was always like, oh, I'm so confident and capable. And then I get in one, the guy would be like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like a crazy person. Have you had girls like that in the past that like, they seem so confident and then all of a sudden something triggered them and you're like, whoa. 100%. I feel like you make a great point is being able to understand um, the flow of energies, right? Mm -hmm. And when it's okay to have more of a dominant energy compared to more of a feminine energy. And sometimes people get lost because in their work life, they might have one type of person, right? Uh -huh. A lot of successful women, right, are in a dominant role, right? All day, every day at work, uh -huh. you, know, in their, you know, all life. They, then they get in a the relationship, then it's like, oh, shoot, like now I have to have both a dominant and a more of a recessive, um, you know, role when it comes to my energy. Now it's like, how do I balance that? I'm kind of getting lost. And it's like, it gets comfortable because it's like, you know, we like to take our head off and, and our shoes off when we get off from work. It's like, oh, good. I've been in a dominant role all day. Now I want to be a more recessive role. 
Yeah. Like, oh, that feels relaxing. Then, then I, I stay in that role too long. Now I'm like, oh, shoot, where, where am I at? Like, I'm lost. So you make a good point where it's like the apple never falls too far from the tree. And <laughs> yeah. the, parent, the parental guidance growing up from a kid as a kid has a huge impact on the person's psyche and mindset and also attachments, right? So mm-hmm. you look at, you know, kids who are raised in a sink, like a, you know, single kid, like a, um, you know, only child, you know, situation compared to uh, people who have been growing up with siblings. Like sharing is hard when it comes yeah. to, <laughs> you know, but for kids who always had to share, like people who don't share are not selfish, you know, it's like, whoa, uh-huh. like, you don't share? But it's like all about how you kind of put that into knowing yourself as you mature and then how you then bring that into a relationship because it all works seamlessly together right uh-huh. like well, i'm i don't know i don't know everything about myself yet and i'm constantly growing every single day but i'm feeling through it i'm communicating that with my girlfriend i'm communicating that over time and i'm building that so then we have a, a solid ground like we're, no one's perfect i'm not looking for perfection um because I'll be looking for one time my life and be single. <laughs> but, but it's just like, how can we work to get better every day? Oh, I love that. And so with that, you said, uh, you know, communicating as you grow. So what is it that you want to see from like the relationship that you have now? What would you want to see, say, six months from now as it's growing? Like what, what is it? How many, like where do you want to see it go? Like, what is the end goal of dating for you? For sure. End goal, obviously, is marriage uh, mm-hmm. in every relationship I get into uh, at this point in my life. Um, what I want to see it going to is, you know, growth mentally, mm-hmm. physically, spiritually, emotionally, romantically. All those areas start seeing, like, it growing, right? Mm-hmm. In a, in a, if we're growing, and because I always give this analogy that, you know, we're me and my 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 future wife are going to be both be running up a mountain right mm-hmm. trying to hit the top and at times she might need to jump on my back and help me run up you know because she might need be in a, in, a, in a down period of her, mm-hmm. of her life and need me to help her get up the mountain and vice versa the issue only comes when one of the two parties is constantly in a part in a point where they're on the other one's back the entire time Mm-hmm. not running the race with them because you can still get there with a strong enough individual they can still get there but it will take a lot longer and if and if i fall we all fall so it's like mm-hmm. having that balance where we can both lean on one another in a time or weakness where we can both get to that talk if we're both winning as fast as we can we'll both hit our goals a lot faster so what i'm looking for in the next six months is, is growth right yeah. You know, us be able to connect on a better, uh, you know, space mentally, right? To be able to have some of the same goals, you know, financially in the future. Um, a lot of those different things play a huge aspect into essentially what I'm looking for is will you be, are you a good contender to be the future mother of my kids? Oh, interesting. Okay. So since you had that frame of mind, while and you were recently dating what what were some of the challenges when looking for that and the the woman that you're now dating how were you able how quickly were you able to be like oh she has the qualities that i'm looking for and potentially this could be something so what are some of the challenges in the dating world right now 
So dating in Los Angeles, whew, it's probably one of the hardest dating markets, I, I believe, probably in the country. Um, it's uh, it mainly because of two things, right? The Uh one thing is it's a quantity of people, so so much quantity. And then there's quality here and there. But I give this example, an analogy. It's like when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? And you're, you know, after you eat, you're trying everything. But you go around and the, the, the server team is cleaning up these plates and there's so much food thrown away. Good food. But because people know they can go right back and get more, they're not valuing it. But let's go to like a five-star, Michelin-star type of restaurant. They're giving you the smallest portions. It's quality. But you're taking your precious time and you're still hungry after. But you're like, yes, I'm so excited because quality is more and there's not a lot of quantity so you don't have like anything to waste so within la there's a lot of beautiful women and you know you can get caught up in that but the issue comes is when you actually speak to these women is what kind of, you you might be gorgeous like drop dead gorgeous like supermodel instagram model you name it um but what is inside your brain right can i have a conversation with you What's the, that's that quality piece that I'm looking for. What do you do on a daily basis for growth? Are you sitting around just posting pictures on Instagram all day and trying to go shopping and talk to your friends about the latest reality TV show? Or are you growing, building some business or um, really expanding your mindset and your what, essentially what you're going to leave for that next generation? So the biggest things I look for is self selfishness versus selflessness right because coming you know i think all humans are selfish to an extent but what is your ability to put other people's needs in front of your own and when you see a lot of women who are beautifully gorgeous they're a lot of times selfish because their whole life is people catering to them because of their looks and that's typically how the world works So if they're able to step out of that mindset and start looking, how can we change the world together? How can we give out more? How can we start being selfless and giving more to the world than we're actually taking? I love that. And she had those qualities where you're like, dang, you're gorgeous. And we can have a conversation. Yes, it was great. The first day we had, um, it was just a simple date. Like we went hiking, right? So up a nice mountain, it was a beautiful sunny day. Um, we had a chance to get to know each other, talk. I mean, obviously we talked before that too, but mm-hmm. um, in person is always the best feel. So yeah, yeah from the first day I knew she was a very soft spirit, kind, and she's not from LA either. So which is great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not from LA too. So not too wrapped up in that LA mentality of like me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. What can you do for me? Yeah. So what does... A, in your opinion, what does a man gain in his life from having a good woman? Oh, that is like the most, I say that's the most important decision a man can make in his life. Better than any business decision, any investment, anything. His investment and in his decision in, in a bride, right, can literally make or break his entire life, his entire career, everything. We look at some extreme cases, Will and Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, um, my man Jack um, uh, Sparrow, what's his name? Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow off of... Um, Johnny Depp. Oh my gosh, I watched the whole trial. <laughs> yeah. How 
one decision can drive someone almost insane. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that a woman and a man should bring each other peace, mm -hmm. not problems, right? And I say that's the, probably the most important thing a man. And when what she brings, right? It's so many things, right? Coming home to a woman that can be your peace, with no matter how crazy the world is at that time, how crazy work has been at that time, you can come home to a woman that can literally ground you and get make like make it seem like the whole world's okay, right? And it, some people it might just because some people they always say that the, the easiest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> so if Word. she cook, oh my gosh, if she can cook, she already got kudos points from me. Um, and then just a woman who can settle things out right who who wants to go so i'm looking like right now my life my future wife i want her to be like my partner in life right so i want her to travel to, i want her to be open to traveling uh, i love to cook and eat so i want her to be able to love and cook and eat as well i want her to, to be very money motivated to actually grow a business with me as well so i want a lot of different things that she might not be like oh this is what i want to do fully for my life but i'll support you Mm -hmm. So I'd say peace and support are probably like the biggest things. And uh, against more, uh, you know, popular belief, I love a woman boss. Like I want a woman that's in charge, running the, running her own thing, and I'm running my own thing. And when we come together, we're just like, boom, we're just even better. So yeah. I don't look for like very submissive women all the time uh, because eventually I, I like a woman who doesn't need me to tell her yes to do everything like no you don't need my like you can do it like you're a woman you're an adult you know so I want a woman who you know can balance just like me be a very dominant but also be very submissive like I can be very dominant and very very submissive yeah and you mentioned that earlier with the and we talked about that when we met in Orlando with the masculine and feminine energy balances and so that's kind of the new age of like high quality women is that they can go out and they can be a boss in, you know, whatever they're doing and their side of their work or entrepreneurship, or, you know, if they have a job, but then they can come home and they can be that feminine grounding, you know, creative force that helps balance you out as well. And you can be that masculine energy at home that provides security for her to go out and be creative. And part of the cooking is the creative, like feminine energy. And it's so funny that you said that because just last night, my boyfriend was so grumpy. Oh my God. I was just like, and it came to the point where I was just like, if you don't tell me why you're so grumpy, I'm like, my go-to is always like, I'm removing myself from the situation. And I'm going out. And cause he was like, just wouldn't tell me why he's so grumpy. And I was like, okay, well, instead of doing my normal MO, I'm just going to like, go make dinner because I'm hungry. So I went and made food and you could just tell his attitude changed as he was eating. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like I watched yeah, yeah. him because I made the food and I made I made these really amazing steaks. So of course men love meat. And mm -hmm. like I'm watching him and he like gets softer and lighter and he starts smiling and enjoying the food. And he's like eating it like a total caveman just on the fork, like stabbing the steak. And I'm like, whatever be you and he just got so happy from the food yes a lot of times you know <laughs> food can just do a lot to a man like if you just have a great meal it just could change your entire day like life is good 
You know what I mean? <laughs> stomach is full. You're able to relax. Everything that was a problem before is no longer an issue. We'll worry about that after dinner, you know? Yeah. Well, I, and yeah, that was the thing. He ate and then he finally was able to start communicating some. And I was like, what is this basic wizardry that I just discovered? Like, basically, every time he's grabbing, I'm going to be like, I'm making you food. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're cavemen. A lot of men have the caveman brain. Yeah. Eat, eat, kill, kill, eat, eat. Oh, we're going to die. We got to eat, eat, kill, kill. And then when we're not eating or killing, we're like, stress, stress, stress. So it's like, you know, simple things like that may go a long way go a long way for sure i know it's like i think in pop culture they've made fun of that so much that it's become this thing that like people rebel against but at the core it's so true mm -hmm. <laughs> it is <laughs> so what what responsibilities like so we talked about like cooking like and she's she's a like a boss in her own way but what responsibilities do men and women have within a relationship in your mind not pop culture basic like popular culture like in your mind what are the the gender roles that create our a relationship that has harmony yeah so i will say this once you are married married you become one so two become one so we're all in this together but there are certain things that I will say um, that are certain roles typically take over as the protector, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that's the man's job. I don't want my woman jumping up front of any bullets for me or if, if, if someone, if there's noise outside the house, she's going out there to check on it for me. Not in this world, never. I'm going to be out there with the shoddy like, who's at my house? <laughs> That's like my family. And, but then while I'm protecting, I want her to be supporting the kids. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, being that dominant force with the kids when I'm out making sure no one's at our house, you know, if I have to step on a spider, whatever, you know, stuff like that. But she's supporting the kids and being that dominant force for them when I'm out making sure that everything's okay around the house, for one example. And then two, let's say, let's, let's put the roles she might be cooking and I think it's man and woman's job to cook. I don't think it's just only women my, in my household. My dad made breakfast, my mom made dinner. So I think it's both can cook, but if she's cooking for the family and the kids are running around crazy, it's going to be my job to make sure like it's a stress-free environment for her to cook. You know what I mean? Or if she's, I like those examples. Let's say like I'm, I'm a speaker, right? Let's say my wife is on stage speaking. I'm going to be her biggest cheerleader, right? Because, in that moment, she's in a dominant role and I'm in a recession role, but I want to support her and lift her up mm -hmm. because her success is my success and my success is her success. So when it comes to roles, um, I, I think both people should cook, but I would love for my wife to take a, a, a huge part in that. And I was watching this video. It was this podcast. I can't remember the name of it. And they were going over. It was this woman. She's like, she was in Forbes. She was, you know, you know, very successful, making high six figures. And she was like, hey, none of that matters to my husband. What matters to my husband when he gets home, that I'm there for him, support him. You know, I made a great dinner. She was actually a five-star cook as well, by the way. But uh, that she was cooking and taking care of her husband when he got home from a long day at work, even though this woman was making high six figures. And she's like, yeah, my husband cares nothing about money. Right. He wants to come home to a, a peaceful home because I feel like a lot of issues come when 
women and men start battling for who's who's the dominant role. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, caveman, caveman. Because what that's going to lead to is one, either the man's going to constantly keep bumping heads, he's going to leave, or he's going to take a recessive role. Mm-hmm. And then the woman doesn't truly want that, no. you know? So it's like, where can we both work together compared to just clanking our heads? So going back to the question is, you know, really being able to have the roles intertwined, but then have certain things that one may have. Like, I'll be protector, she'll be and I'll protecting the provider, and she'll be more of the supportive role when it comes to, like, like cooking. Um, I'll, we're, we're all going to clean the house, so cleaning not gonna, it's not going to be strictly on her. But coming home to a clean house is just peaceful. So if the, she's home before me, um, she can clean. If I'm home before her, I'm going to clean. Um, but really just working together and just ch- roles can change. Like, Hey, I want, I want her, I want to cook for this week. Hey, I need you to just take care of the kids, take them out for fun. And then when they come home, the food's gonna be ready. Like different things we can just make and give you each other a break, but certain things I, I say, it's more of, you know, in, more dominant. So I would say more the dominant forces and some things I'll say the man can take over those. And then more the other ones, the woman can support in those. Cause I, I know for a fact, Women can raise kids better than men. Like, they can bring the love. I bring the thunder, right? <laughs> yeah. And up, I come in, you know, come in and be the correction officer. Good cop, bad cop. She's going to be the good cop. I'm going to be the bad cop. Also, be the fun dad. So, they're going to want to hang out with me, too. So, stuff like that. I feel like it has to be a, a role where she brings the love, but I bring the, like, correction and guidance. Like, mm-hmm. if they're out of line and not listening to her love, like, hey, son, like, you should do this. And she's like, no. I'm like, your dad, I'm gonna call your dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay. So it's like that balance. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so that's what I'll say with roles. Like, she's a good cop, I'm the bad cop. So you don't feel like like as you've been dating, her financial situation is not important to you? As of right now, um, we're still building. So no. Uh, I feel like as we start moving more into a like thinking about marriage, that's when it comes a little bit more important, making sure that we have what we want. But I personally am going to want to be the, the ring bearer in that area. I want to be the one that's leading financially, but also would love a supportive woman who's also doing her own thing where she doesn't need my money, but yeah. she doesn't have it. And we, we both have it together. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on the, the example where she's making out their six figures or million or whatever. And she comes home and she's cooking as well. A lot of women are becoming really like a little bit angry about this because they mm-hmm. say, well, I'm having to work and then I have to do this other role where I saw a TikTok recently where the, it was like someone making fun of like, oh, well in the fifties, we just had to like take care of the kids in the house. And like, no, in the future you have to work and make a bunch of money and do all those things too. It's like, oh, what does it seem better in the future? So what do you, like, if she was out working and she came to you and said, oh my God, like I'm overwhelmed. How do you, like, what would be your response to that? Here's, it's, it's very funny because I did a lot of research on that topic as well. You looked at like the women's suffrage movement. Mm-hmm. Majority of the women did not want to work at that time. It was a small select of women who actually pushed for that. They were good, right? They hung out with the ladies at, at home. They took care of the kids. The house was clean. They were chilling. Life was good for them. They stayed home moms. And it was a few women who wanted to push the agenda, 
But just not to get in all the history behind it, but the government was like, hmm, right now, half of our of our country is not being taxed for labor. I think this would be a good opportunity to agree with these women, let them work so we can actually get paid for what they do as well. Uh-huh. Taxes. There and then and it's the whole women's suffrage movement and they thought they were doing something which I think women should work if they want to. They don't but I like that women work and, and get their own and come together and not be just be supportive on one role. But it's it wasn't like it was like a, a, a bad thing because most of them were like, no, I don't support that. I want to stay home with my kids, take care of my family. Because now we look at the families back in the 50s, the women in the community were raising the kids, right? And a community. Now the schools are raising our kids. Mm-hmm. And now we're doctrinated to whatever the schools want to teach us, our yeah. kids, instead of what we believe in our household. So that's where the issue comes in a, in a lot of things when everything starts with the, the, the husband and the wife right coming together right to build that union to have kids start building around that community which then raises the kids when we start breaking those down right we start switching those roles too much around we start getting into a lot of issues right where the women don't need men anymore and men are feeling like you know they don't need me anymore so it's like it's a battle and then the kids are seeing that like what do i do i'm a young boy or i'm a young girl what do i'm supposed to do what role am i supposed to take mm-hmm. so watching those things but when we keep things very simple like I said, keep things very simple. Have the husband and wife as one, not one above the other, one above the other. Have them both of them as one, and then allowing them to work in harmony. Let me show the kids how to do it. So then the community does it, and then as a community does it, we have a, a better life, a lot of better situations. I bet you crime will go down. Um, you know, all the stress in the community will go down. We will start having more improved. Civil, like our entire civilization would go up to a new level if we start in the homes and with the families. Yeah, no, it's so true. And it's that was part of the way I was raised was like the independent woman. I can open the door for myself and I don't need no man to do anything for me. I make my own money. But it also goes with a lot of popular film that portrays the 50s and 60s. They show the woman of the house being an alcoholic being like super depressed because her husband doesn't cater for her needs. And so she's drinking like day drinking all day. Um, It's really crazy because when you look at actual stories, you don't see as much of that in in the truth that was just portrayed a lot in film. And so it's like, oh, being a stay-at-home mom, you're just going to be depressed and want to drink all day and be stressed. So I think that also contributed to tearing apart the, the balance of home and work for women. I definitely agree, and I always say um, media entertainment is a lot of propaganda. Mm-hmm. They want to take control, right? And when they take control of your family, now who's in control? They are, right? Because they can put your kids in schools, right? They can split up the families, right? And now you're relying on, on them compared to relying on your community, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things, and I bet you there was there were a lot of women who were having a glass of wine during the day. When they're at home all day just chilling watching you know watching their show <laughs> the kids were at school you know they raised kids up and they were at school they're hanging out i bet you there were some women having a glass of wine but i don't think it was probably as bad as they make it seem on the on these movies but they want to push the women away because then it creates a huge conflict in the household which essentially benefits only the government yeah and for women especially if you have a 
they say 50% of the population has a non-secure attachment style. If you have one of those and there's turmoil in the house, like as women, it really eats at us. Or even for men, men that have an insecure attachment style, it's not just for women, like that creates turmoil in your job, in your health, like it destabilizes everything. So if you de if you destabilize relationships, you essentially destabilize half of the population. Mm -hmm. And um, so since women are kind of having to figure out this balance, what do you think is the number one mistake women make when they're trying to find a man that will provide and be a solid, solid partner? What do you feel like they're doing while they're dating that's kind of like sabotaging this? I also think the biggest thing is when 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 women go in the relationship and they're, they're dating, mm -hmm. all right, I want them to also understand is like, when you're dating someone, your boyfriend or the person you're dating is not your father, right? So as a father's role, his his role is to support his daughter and raise her up to be a woman, right? Mm -hmm. That's not your boyfriend's or significant other, the person you're dating's role. Their role is to meet you at the altar. You're already a woman, you already got things on your own, and you're meeting a, together at a, at a collective level to grow. So what I would say is some of the big things that women, especially here in LA, run into is that a lot of guys like to treat girls like their daughter compared to their equal. Right? What does that look like? I want an example of what this looks like. For sure. So if mm -hmm. I'm paying for everything, I can control you, which is not okay with me, mm -hmm. right? So I want it to be like, yeah, I'm taking the, the lion's share of paying for things, but I don't control you right you are free you are an adult we are equals right we work together and within that like you know you have so many different situations out here with guys i think guys are the big problem out here um in that situation where they'll think they can just buy whatever they want i don't think that's just la like i experienced that when i was in my 20s like a guy would buy you a drink and then act like he like was entitled to you for the night. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, just in saying like, you know, it's when women can be independent where they can, independence has nothing to do with the man, first of all. Yeah. You can be independent with the man and you can be independent by yourself. That yeah. has nothing to do with it, right? And women, uh, I feel like women sometimes get misled by propaganda mm -hmm. and uh, so much out here that's going to separate the women from being a soul source in relationships. So when it comes to dating, the first thing we should do before anything is going is get to know the person, right? Like if I immediately have red flags, if a woman's like for our first date, like and sometimes we're meeting on, meeting on dating apps, things of that nature, if they only want to go out to five-star restaurants on the first time you meet them, red flag, I don't know you. I don't know if we're going to see you again. Let's do something neutral, the beach, a hike, a walk. See if we actually connect in person first. Get to know each other as a, 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 a individual. Talk it out. Maybe have an hour conversation in person. Not we're gonna have, we're gonna be doing that on the phone as well. I'm gonna be doing my research. If I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing my research. One of the biggest things I found when I was serial dating in LA is that just jumping and going out all these dates with girls that you haven't properly did your research on is almost a waste of time, right? Because oh, they're such a smorgasbord. They're such a buffet. It's like you go a date three times a day if you wanted to. 
Yes, I've done I've done multiple dates in a week. And I'm like, what am I wasting my time and money for, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing I learned from one of the one of my mentors is get on her social media platforms. See what she's talking about, what she's posting, what she represents. If they don't align with you, don't go on a date with her. Smart. Right? See what she if she's on there just shaking her butt and half naked, that might not be your girlfriend. <laughs> she you might want to hang out with her at the club, but not, you know, take her home to mom's. So yeah. it's it's different things like when it comes to dating that for me, I want to get to know you first before I invest in you. Because mm -hmm. out here, you can be invested in every single girl every single day and end up broken alone. <laughs> so Interesting. Yeah. doing your proper research, getting to know her outside of social media, social media, they don't show the good stuff. Um, and then pursuing and actually pursuing a relationship. Because if she actually likes you and actually enjoys you, it doesn't matter if you guys are at you know, Nobu or the nicest restaurant in the world, or if you guys are just walking on the beach. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the person and the people you keep and your company you keep is going to actually change the entire environment and event. And if you're, if you guys like each other, you're going to have a fun time no matter what you guys are doing. So are you paying the bill when you do take her on dinner though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that way, I mean, I did my research. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually, we actually already met where I chose and I feel good. It's like, uh -huh. I want to spend money on you. I feel good about it. You know, it's like, you have, you know, we had a great, we were having a great time, you know, so it's, I like it. That makes sense. That's really interesting because I, when I was dating in, in Oregon here, I'd always had the opposite problem where I could go on a date any dark day of the week, but it was like, who did I actually want to give my time to? Because mm -hmm. I could go buy dinner for myself. Yep. And so it's like, well, I don't want to sit through to having some boring conversation just to save 20 bucks that night. Like, no way. But they're like you're saying, it sounds like there's girls that just go out and they're like, I want to go to a nice dinner, like swipe in Tinder or something like who's going to pay for my dinner. That is one of the biggest things I see all the time, all the time. And it's Thanks. it's becoming like a huge problem because, you know, um, guys just are catching on later so it's like it is it is an issue for sure yeah well i want to wrap this up and be respectful of your time um i have one last question for you i want to know an embarrassing dating story oh let's <laughs> see let's see there embarrassing dating story um oh that's a good one i probably had a lot um let me think of one Hmm. And I do have to be honest, like I have to do be honest, like when I came out to LA, I didn't have my financial pockets together. So I was out here trying to date and just explore and did not have my finances together. So I was uh, honestly just being on some very bummy stuff at first, like, you know, trying, like, I was figuring it out. And yeah. I learned a lot through that process of if you're not financially ready to date, just don't date or just find a women that are okay with just walking on the beach or talking or getting to know you. Cause those are some of the best dates when you actually spend time diving into them on a deeper level. But hmm, let me see a funny date. Oh, um, I have some weird ones, man. I had some, go for it. I had some weird ones. Like I had one date where I met this girl online. We were talking for like a good week or so. And we were supposed to go meet up and go to the beach. Like it was a sunny summer day. It was nice. She came to my house as we were getting ready to like, I'm packing up my bags. We're getting ready to leave. And she's like, Hey, I don't feel like going to the beach anymore. So I'm like, Oh, okay. No problem. Like, what else would you like to do? She was like, I don't know. It's like, okay. Um, would you like to go to a movie? She was like, no. Would you like to get something to eat? She was like, no. 
like, I, in my mind, I was so confused what she wanted to do. It's like, okay, what, what do you want to do? Um, she was like, I don't know. And so I'm just in my room like, what? Like, what, what are we doing here? So I'm like, we're at my house. Is she wanting to stay here? Like, what do you, I'm like, what do you, I'm just meeting you. So I don't know what she wants. So like 10 minutes later, I was like, just sitting in my room, like confused. She was like, I'm going to leave. I was like, this is awkward. <laughs> like, like, what's going on here? It was super weird. I was like, hey, like, you know, if you got to leave, totally fine. Like, bye. Like, it wasn't like anything I'm holding her back. I thought it was one of the awkwardest dates ever. You just or, met her. Just met her. Right. You met her. So it was like you came, she came to your house and she was like looking at it like, oh, is that what it was? Or I don't, I don't think it was like that. No. Um, I, I don't know. She was interesting. Like, cause I have a pretty nice house. Um, not, not to be like, Mm-hmm. Like a, like a pretty nice house and yeah um yeah i'm not balling i'm not balling you know like that yet, yeah but a nice house um but it was just, i think i don't know i don't know if she got there and got confused or was like i don't know if i want to do a date right now i don't know she, uh, she had a problem i would not just text then you would text and be like hey i'm not really feeling this like i'm sorry to blow you off yeah it was she actually showed up it was so weird it's like we were supposed to meet at my house and drive to the beach and that was it and like she and she she did all that part it was like weird super weird um but another one of the weird dates weird ones oh a lot of them happen to be like so one of my hacks i learned here is i would take them to froyo or like yogurt land Mm-hmm. and i would meet and we would grab ice cream and we would just talk about like oh what, what flavors you like like you know 30 fun stuff to kind of warm up the conversation and then we would sit down and eat the ice cream i would pay for everything and um and we would just sit and have a conversation and some of the weirdest conversations came up and i was like okay i need to get out of here so i would love i would love that intro because it only took about five to ten minutes to eat the ice cream uh-huh. right so after you did the ice cream like hey this was awesome or you know this was great but I'm gonna go ahead and leave. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, so you're able to kind of like shift out. So I had some weird dates where they're talking. I'm just like, yo, what am I? Oh, this is one of the weirdest ones I have. Here's a, here's one that's gonna take you to the store. We went to the movies. We were at the Grove, one of the biggest movie theaters out here, right? Or one of the biggest malls, like open, mm-hmm. nice malls out here. We to, and this girl I was with, we were just chilling before we getting ready to go to movies. We were having a drink. And they had this party going on right next to us. They had all these gifts out and stuff. And this girl, she went and stole one of the gifts. Like, right in front of me. She's like, oh, they're, they're not going to need this. The, and then the guy came over to her and was like, yeah, like, did you take one of the gifts? And she was like, yeah. like, I, I, like And he was like, um, the guy was kind of afraid to ask for it back. And it was, like, really weird. And I was, like, sitting there like, what is going on here? She legit stole a gift. From the and this day. was a first date. First date. I was like, I'm never, I'm never meeting this girl again. Let me get that. She's heck gonna out steal of here. from you if she just steals from a stranger's table. Like, imagine her coming to your house, being like, "This is mine. This is mine now. This is mine." She wouldn't. I would. I got up out of there. We didn't even go to the movies. I was like, oh, I think I gotta leave. Like, what it was strange. weird. It That's was a so strange weird. Sense of entitlement. She just took the gift. I was like, what am I, what? is this real? Am I being pranked right now? Like what's going on? It's like, what, like, what would you do situations? Like, what would you do? Like, no, I'm like, yo, this is like, where the camera's at? This is not real. Cause it <laughs> wasn't legit, a prank video. No. And she legit stole the gift. And like the guy asked for it back and she was just like, oh no, I'm just going to keep it. And I was like, what? She Really? She, she just was like, no, I'm going to keep it. And he was like, uh, he didn't know how to like, like say because i think he was looking at me too like 
What are you going to do, man? Yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened after that, but she ended up, like, walking out, and it was, like, something stupid. It wasn't even, like, something valuable. I was like, what is going on? Oh, my gosh. But that was probably one. That that one came to my mind just now, like, yo. I'm like, this, I'm out of here. Like, this, I'm about to race, block this girl's number. I'm out of here. Oh, my gosh. That is a good one. That's a really good one. So, if any of the listeners want to find you um, and see what you're about with your lead up community, where can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so we are on Facebook as lead up the uh, leadership networking uh, community. So you can find us on, on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram, Chandler Thomas uh, on Instagram is Chandler um, Chandler Thomas underscore uh, LinkedIn Chandler Thomas as well. So looking to connect with anyone who feels that they either want to be in leadership or they have leadership capabilities or they want to be around other leaders. And what we're really doing is creating essentially a, a community of experts where all of us can lean on each other for different expertise to help build our community. So let's say you have a realtor, you have someone in real estate, you have a contractor, you have people who are good at stocks and investments, and they all exp- they're all experts in their field. We all can come together, support each other's businesses, support each other's knowledge and expertise so that we can all focus on one thing so we can master it and we all become masters of everything because we're leveraging everyone else's, you know, energy and everyone else's uh, time. So, and it helps you grow your business, helps you, um, you know, build more clientele. And also you be, since you become like in my, my community, you become the plug where you can literally plug people into whatever they need. Nice. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'll make sure to put some of the links in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.